Josh Reeves here, and thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. I'm going to be teaching an online class beginning August 15th on the mystical Jesus. It's a great way to explore the mystical teachings of Jesus and the cosmic Christ as it shows up in our lives today. Main reason we're here today is to uh, look at a couple of pictures of my granddaughters. So they're coming up now, right here. There you go. Yeah. How about that? Ah, uh, yeah. And they're in the house here today too. I don't want to call them out, but uh, we're, we're going to see how much they make. How much they make it through this? You know, what's he doing up there, and why doesn't he stop talking? That's what they're thinking. But uh, I'll be doing more of that. Uh, now, but uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, which is just important to me, is our teaching, the science of mind and spirit. In this place, Mile High Church, which has meant so much to me. So I want to, uh, I want to touch on that a bit today. And it's so good to see you all here at the perfect time. So, uh, you know, the song that Jennifer just sang so beautifully, I Will Step Aside. I wrote that song when I was first um, learning about this teaching. I was in class called Science of Mind One with Dr. Roger, and uh, just, getting, just getting an idea of what this place was about, and uh, he really leaned into a guy named Ralph Waldo Emerson. Some of you might have heard of him. That was one of those people you were supposed to read in high school, and uh, he really got into uh, what an influence that Emerson was on our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes. And so I started, I started reading Emerson and started looking up Emerson quotes and, and just tuning into it. And the one that stuck with me the most in the beginning, and you've heard this before, you've heard me say it before, but I want to I jump here. It's, it's uh, from, them, from his essay called Spiritual Laws. And he says, um, let us acquiesce. Let us take our bloated nothingness out of the path of the divine circuits. Let us unlearn our wisdom of the world. And let us lie low in the Lord's power and learn that truth alone makes rich and great. That just stuck with me. Just such a beautiful thought. And it really hit me deep. And uh, being a songwriter, I really struggled with getting something to rhyme with bloated nothingness. It just, uh, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't roll off the tongue. So what I did was I just came up with, I will step aside and let your love move through me. And that's what the song is about, is just getting out of the way and allowing the, the deeper aspects of ourselves to come through and inform our thinking. And really, that's what our teaching is about, that, that particular thought right there from, from uh, Emerson, is that we are connected with something so amazing, so beautiful, beyond our wildest dreams. And we need to get our stuff out of the way so that that can resonate through it, so we can hear ourselves, the deeper aspect of ourselves. And so that's what today is about, those divine circuits and getting in touch with the divine circuits. Because we've all got our stuff, don't we? Anybody here doesn't have stuff? <laughs> so we got our stuff that gets in the way, and what we gather here for is on Sunday is to let go of that stuff, leave it at the door, and to go deeper and to connect with those divine circuits. I've been, um, I've been rereading one of uh, Ernest Holmes' book that I really love. It's called This Thing Called You. It's a smaller book, and uh, I just love the way he takes some giant concepts 
and brings them down into a very personal level. Ernest Holmes uh, grew up in the Northeast in Maine. He was one of nine sons. Think about that for a minute. And, uh, and so he was there in the early 1900s, and he never graduated from high school, our founder. Didn't have a lot of numbers or a lot of uh, initials after his name. He grew spiritually because he was a voracious reader, and he wrote from that spot of the deep well that he'd gained from his reading. And Emerson was certainly one of the most influential people on Ernest Holmes. When it was time for Ernest Holmes to leave home, he went and visited one of his brothers, and his brother had Emerson's essays in his bookshelf, and Holmes started reading those, things about spiritual laws and nature, circles, these great essays about these, the relationship between God and man and these huge, huge concepts. And Holmes finally came to realize, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. And that's what this thing called you is about. This book is, is just about this connection, this, this big idea that we have here about the creator who brought all things into being and who is alive now. It's alive in us, each of us. That's the good news that we celebrate here every Sunday. And so I've got some things from uh, this thing called you that I wanted us to look at today. I wanted to start with these things, and as we put them up, I want you to remember that he's talking about you, okay? This is about you. Your soul belongs to the universe. Your mind is an outlet through which the creative intelligence of the universe seeks fulfillment. There is something within you, beyond all doubt and fear, something which has never been limited by your acts, or destroyed by your feeling. This is the only something that can make you whole. I love those thoughts. And now's the perfect time to do this work. The present moment is our point of connection with the one mind. Something I was reading this week from Eckhart Tolle. He said, recognize deeply that the present moment is all you have. Make the now the primary focus of your life. Make the now the primary focus of your life. Ernest Holmes, towards the end of his life, said, I think our teaching is going to be perfect for the 21st century. And I think it is. There's a lot of information coming at us. And I think that we can connect with this teaching. And as I move into the next chapter of my experience, I've been thinking a lot about how do I keep the divine circuits open in me? I know that the next chapter for me is going to be good. I know that it is. And so how do I stay open to that? Get my stuff out of the way and allow that spirit to move through me. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today and just celebrate with you is this place and this teaching. It's meant so much to so many of us. So I wanted to touch on some of the points that I think are the most important about this teaching and how it's come through for me. And the first thing is to trust your intuition. Intuition in our teaching is defined as a spiritual perception, an immediate knowing, and knowledge of reality arising from spiritual sources. I love that. We teach about intuition in our classes. We focus on it. 
And all of us have felt it. I think everybody here in this room has felt at some time a really strong hit of intuition where you knew what the right thing was. You could feel it. One of the things we talk about is that intuition surpasses the intellect. It's bigger than the intellect. It's bigger than the things that we're thinking about. It comes from a spiritual source. And we know it. We can feel it in our gut. We talk about that gut feeling when we know. All of us have had it. So we're here to develop that intuition. That's a big part of our teaching. And all of us have had that feeling also of intuition coming through to us as a warning. Like, I don't know if that's a really good idea. Has anybody ever had that? But then, like me, you went ahead and did it anyways, right? And then we attract into our lives what is spiritually known as the cosmic two-by-four, which comes to us and gives us a more clear idea of really what direction we should be headed in. Has anybody else experienced that? Okay. So one of the things that I think that is so important about our teaching is to really honor intuition, is to really... Uh, is to really bring that to the front of our teaching and the front of our awareness because uh, we are being seduced by uh, the drama of politics, tribalism, and there are so many narratives that are coming at us from different places that the truth can be hard to find. But at a deeper level, at a deeper level, we know what it is. At a deeper level, we know what's true. And I think one of the things we celebrate here is to connect with something deeper, to slow ourselves down and connect. This is what uh, Holmes said about intuition. There is an intuition within you which already knows that you are one with good and that your destiny is certain. And you must listen to this intuition for it is the voice of God in you. Trust your intuition. And the next thing is about building our consciousness. We're in the consciousness business here. Build your consciousness and community. This community, the reason I think it's so important is this is a place where we can grow together, where we can learn together and we can grow our consciousness. One of the things that I am so thankful for this place is it gave me an open-hearted and an open-minded environment that encouraged me to think, taught me how to think, but didn't teach me what to think. And I think all of us have felt that connection here in the classes and in the services. Just an opportunity to go deeper and to experience the presence of spirit in our lives. And as Emerson said, to get ourselves out of the path of the divine circuits and to grasp the greater aspects of ourselves. You know, for the last couple of years, I've been uh, hanging out in here on Sunday mornings. First, we had the COVID thing where we would come in here on Sundays and we would stand in this room and it was totally empty except for a light shining on us out there. And we would give our talks and it's so good to be back together, isn't it? And I just love being in this room. And with the people that are here and hanging out afterwards and talking. And I think one of the dangers, one of the great dangers of spiritual communities now that we're experiencing is how politics seeps into what we're doing. And I think it's so important that this place is a safe haven from all that. Because 
We want to go deeper than that. We want to go deeper than that here. We don't want to settle for the cheap drama of politics. We want to be connected with spirit. And that's what alive, what's alive in this place right now. There is a, a vision that we have. Oneness revealed. A world of love, peace, and abundance for all. For all. For all people. So I think we... Uh, you might have heard that there's an uh, election coming up next year. They haven't put much uh, emphasis on it yet. <laughs> but there is so much uh, political drama that's going to be coming at us. So much tribalism going to be coming at us. And there are so many things for us that are grabbing towards our attention. You know, we have, uh, we have data. We have uh, fake news. We've got robots. We've got conspiracy theories. And now we're going to have artificial intelligence. And all these are reaching for our consciousness. And that's why this place is so important as a place to ground ourselves. Because what we're teaching about here is bigger than politics. One of the things that I love is that uh, the story that's in the Bible, I get the opportunity to teach the Bible here. It's one of the great joys that I have. And one of the things that, uh, there's a story in there about Jesus, and I picture him at a press conference. You know how people are always shouting things from the back at a press conference? And so uh, this is in the Gospel of Matthew, and somebody shouts out, tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? Tell us what you think. Should we be paying taxes to the emperor of Rome or not? This is one of the Pharisees from Jesus' tribe. And he knew it was a trap. Because if he said, no, you shouldn't pay taxes to the emperor, this was a, a pretty brutal time politically that Jesus was living in. We think it's tough now. Think of the time that he stepped into politically. So if he said, no, don't pay your taxes, that wasn't going to be a good thing for him. And if he said, yes, I think we should pay our taxes to the Roman government, then there's a lot of people in his tribe that were going to be very disappointed about that because they didn't like being a part of having the Romans over them. So this is what he said. Show me the coin. <sighs> Show me the coin that you used to pay the tax. So they brought him the coin and he says, whose face is on this? Well, that's Caesar's face. Caesar's the emperor. All right. He gives him the coin back and he said, let's give to Caesar, the emperor, the things that are Caesar's and let's give to God the things that are God's. What a brilliant answer for that. And I think what he was saying was, the things that I'm teaching you are bigger than emperors and taxes and politics and all that. I'm teaching you how to be connected with God. I'm showing you how. And I think that's the opportunity that we have to remember as we move forward in the political time that we're in. That what we're teaching here, what we're working on here, is bigger than politics. It's more important. And there's a thing that I love that I say in my parenting classes all the time. There's a difference between uh, 
acceptance and approval. There's a difference between acceptance and approval. It's very important when you're raising children, by the way. But it's important for coming to a place like this and realizing I might not approve of the person's politics who's sitting next to me. But they're accepted here, just like me. And it would be important for us to remember this story as we move forward. To do our work, to be good citizens, to be informed citizenry, but to be open to all people in this place. Does that sound like a good idea? Another thing we want to do is to be of service. Uh, As I step out of uh, active duty here in one degree, I'm going to be moving into the Sacred Earth Ministry with uh, Dr. Patty. And I believe that uh, taking care of our sacred earth is not a political thing, but it's a spiritual thing. And so I'm so glad that our church has an initiative about sacred earth. And so we'll be moving into that even bigger. And I love that. Love that opportunity to serve. And, you know, I started out as a volunteer. Most of the people who come to this place find a place to volunteer. And I started out as a Sunday school volunteer when... uh, when our second son was born, Gabe, uh, Stephanie stayed home with him for a while, and Jesse and I would come to church, and Jesse would go to the uh, toddler room, and I learned how to become a Sunday school teacher. And uh, it was great. That's how I wound up here today. Who knew? But, uh, <laughs> but volunteering is really a way to, uh, to connect with this community. So if you're new here, I highly encourage you to find a place, find a place to help. Find a place to help out, and uh, you, will, uh, you will go deeper in, in this teaching when you become a person who is of service in the world, and there's plenty of work to do. Just as a show of hands, how many have ever done anything with our youth ministry here? Can I get your hands up? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We still have openings. The last thing I want to do is to tell you uh, to be grateful, because this is a message for me. I'm very grateful today. My last thing is about gratitude, and um, I want to thank some people. And if I uh, interrupt myself in the middle and start uh, telling a joke about a docking dog, it's because I'm just trying to center myself. But uh, I, want to, uh, I want to say that I'm grateful Uh, I want to begin with uh, Stephanie over there. Um, She's the biggest rock in the jar, and uh, I want to thank for her. Over there with the grandkids, who would have thunk it? So uh, we had a thing on the wall of our house uh, for a long time that uh, finally, I think, decomposed, but it was uh, was something called 21 Suggestions for Success by H. Jackson Brown Jr. Number one was marry the right person. This one decision will determine 90% of your happiness or misery. And uh, I think that's a good idea. And so uh, I was lucky enough 45 years ago to marry the right person. And uh, thank you for hanging with me. Thank you. She never planned to be a minister's wife, but uh, here we are. So, uh, and I'm also grateful for our sons, Jesse and Gabe. 
who continue to inspire me and make me laugh and push me to do things like retire. And the uh, <laughs> thing that's cool about them is, uh, you know, if I asked them, they would say, both of them, I don't know if we believe any of that stuff that you talk about in church. Uh, but that's cool because they're living it, and which is much better than just believing it. And so uh, they're living it, and both of them married the right person too. So uh, I am very thankful for Jesse and Gary. Yeah. And one of the things you might have noticed, uh, I kind of like sports, and so I like being on teams, and I want to thank the, the teams that I've been lucky enough to be included in. One of them is uh, when Dr. Roger uh, asked me to be on the ministerial team. You know, he had set the bar pretty high with the other folks. Uh, he had uh, Reverend Lloyd and Reverend Raz, uh, Reverend Cynthia, and uh, Dr. Marjorie and uh, Dr. Patty. And so, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was August group to join in to, with. Uh, but they became some of my best friends and certainly incredible teachers for me as I've learned how to do this gig. And uh, I'm so thankful to them for that. And uh, um, like I said earlier, uh, I started as a volunteer here and then uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Roger left to go to California for a while and I kind of stepped in to be the junior church coordinator, part-time gig, and really started getting into the youth ministry thing and also working around the office, like just doing marketing stuff and writing things and, and, and just becoming more involved. And then when uh, Dr. Roger came back from California in 93, he said, well, I'd like to have you on the staff. And the only position that was open officially was as Dr. Marjorie's assistant. Uh, and so those of you who remember Dr. Marjorie, if there was anybody who didn't need an assistant... <laughs> It was her, uh, probably the most efficient and, uh, you know, committed person that I've ever met. And if there was any person who wasn't qualified to be her assistant, <laughs> it was uh, definitely me. But they, uh, uh, they wanted me on the team, so, so that's the gig that I got. She didn't, uh, she didn't make me do much. But one day when I was in there talking to her, she said, you know, have you ever, have you ever thought about being... A minister? Have you ever thought about ministerial school? And I said, no, not at all. That's like the, la the last thing that I would want to do is go to ministerial school and be a minister. I see how hard you people work, and I really want no part of that. She said, well, you know, the applications are due in a couple of days. And I said, you know, I appreciate you thinking of me. I really do, but uh, there's no way. And so the next day I was in my little office in this uh, Manila envelope comes sliding under the door <laughs> with a sticky note on it that said, fill this out. And so uh, that's why I'm here, Dr. Marjorie. <laughs> so I'm thankful to her and all the ministers along the way and to Josh and Michelle for uh, being a part of it too. And the music team, I'm thankful to Dr. Kent. You know, he's not here today or... Uh, I would certainly be throwing him under the bus, but uh, one of the things I always say about Dr. Ken is if he could sing, none of us would be here, the rest of the musicians. He would do, be doing all that, but he gave me so many opportunities, uh, and I'm so thankful for him. And also, uh, Jennifer and Tom gave me some great lessons in musical theater, 
and put me into some very uncomfortable positions. <laughs> and I didn't really know that I would be like dressing up like Elvis or wearing a coconut bra or uh, <laughs> wearing a reindeer onesie. Um, I didn't know that that was part of the job description, but I'm thankful to them for, uh, yeah, for doing all that. been an honor, and I'm thankful to uh, Nathan and Rama and the production team and all the people who work here on production. Such a great team to be a part of. <clears throat> so I'm thankful for that. And uh, the final thing is, is youth ministry. Uh, I'm thankful to all the people who contributed to this. Um, uh, Reverend Michelle Scavetta, then my personal assistant for over 13 years with the youth ministry and has done so much of the heavy lifting. Uh, Kathy Cates and um, Nadine Cox, people who started out with me when I got this thing going. So many people who've, uh, who've contributed, all the people who contributed to the different camps as we've gone forward. And now Stacy Butters and Saul Fluel uh, are doing such an amazing job and it's made it easier for me to let go of it knowing that it's in such good hands. So I'm thankful to them, thankful for being on this youth ministry team for so long because uh, I love it. I love it, working with kids. And I'm thankful. One of the great dreams that I had here for years and years was that we would have a preschool, and we've got a great one. And it's been going for years, and it's had its ups and downs, especially through COVID. But I'm so thankful to April Reeves for being the director of our preschool right now and all the teachers who are making it more beautiful all the time. Yeah, so most of all, I want to thank all of you for giving me a place to grow up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that's enough of that. We're going to pray together here, okay? So we just fall into our hearts and we open the divine circuits right now. And we connect with the power and the wisdom and the joy beyond our wildest dreams. And we allow that to move through us. There's a healing power right now that is alive in every cell of our body, each of us. No matter what we may be facing, we're not alone. I give thanks for that power. I give thanks for this amazing place and this amazing teaching how it continues to be a lighthouse, continues to shine its light in the world. So this is the perfect time. I give thanks for it. I give thanks for each one of you for the difference that you make in the world. We are blessed beyond measure. Thank you, Spirit. So it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.